the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, June the 15th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on June 15th, 1215, England's King John put his seal on the Magna Carta, the Great Charter at Runnymede. Great Charter is true because that has shaped history, what was contained in the Great Charter. It influenced our founding fathers a great deal, among other documents, but they looked at nearly all of the world documents of any consequence when they were writing our Constitution, but certainly they were mindful of what the Great Charter had said and stood for. Today in 1752, Ben Franklin and his son, they went on a little outing, father and son. They tested the relationship between electricity and lightning by flying a kite in a thunderstorm. Yeah, you you hear that story from time to time or see little cartoons. It's true. They actually did that. It was today in 1752. Today in 1775, the Second Continental Congress voted unanimously to appoint George Washington head of the Continental Army. Today in 1846, the U.S. and Great Britain agreed on a joint occupation of the vast Oregon Territory. Today in 1864... Secretary of War Edwin Stanton, he signed an order establishing a military burial ground. We know it today as Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia, just across the river from Washington, D.C. Today in 1916, President Woodrow Wilson, he signed a bill incorporating the Boy Scouts of America. Boy, that came to a sad end, I'll tell you. Today in 1934, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, he signed an act making the National Guard part of the U.S. Army in the event of war or national emergency. And today in 1944, B-29 superfortresses carried out their first raids on Japan. Those, as the world knows, would not be the last. One year ago today, the Seattle City Council voted unanimously to bar police from using tear gas, pepper spray, and several other crowd-controlled devices after officers repeatedly, according to the left-wing, big-time news people, after officers repeatedly used them on, here it is again, that phrase, mostly peaceful demonstrators. Somehow my memory of the riots and their starting up again as the weather warms a little bit, especially in the northern states, both here in the northwest and in the east. My memory of those is that there may have been a lot of peaceful protesters standing around watching these guys, but there was a pretty good crew that was burning and busting and looting and breaking and burning flags and all of that, too. I don't know. Maybe my memory is just... Not not as sharp as it should be. Maybe it's a Joe Biden syndrome. But I, I remember seeing those night after night after day after day after week after week riots. And there was a whole bunch of people that weren't mostly peaceful. 
But the press is intent on getting that message out that any kind of police action in regards to all of the looting and breaking and breaking of the law and so on is some kind of an affront because they're mostly peaceful. They weren't mostly peaceful. The press knows that, and so do we. It's interesting, Yahoo, Huffington Post, all that group, they're far left, but boy, they have a big readership. They have tentacles out all over the place in America. They're reporting a story. It's kind of a feature story this morning. I'm not going to get into too deeply into it, but it caught my attention. They're saying that Secretary of Homeland Security, Alondro Mayorkas, he says that domestic violent extremism now constitutes the greatest terrorism threat to the United States. Well, that's what Jill Biden, President Biden, was telling the world just a couple of days ago, and that's what he was telling us before he left on his trip uh, to uh, these summits and so on. So they're all in sync about this. So they have decided, our leftist leadership in America has decided that Domestic violent extremism now constitutes the greatest terrorism threat to the United States. Exceeding that, I'm reading from their, it's a, supposedly a news story, but it's basically a press release. But from this news story, exceeding that from Al-Qaeda, the Islamic State, or other radical jihadi groups. Majorca says, quote, I consider it, and I think we consider it collectively, the most significant terrorism-related threat impacting our homeland. Mayorkas made those comments as he unveiled the U.S. government's first national strategy for combating the domestic terror threat. What is that threat? I mean, is it that? Oh, it is that bad. It is that bad because they continue to explain why it is the number one threat. The problem is that Trump, the Trump, I'm reading from this news story, the Trump administration was accused of downplaying all of the domestic terrorism. But that's been, that has taken on a new urgency in the wake of the, you guessed it, the January 6th attack on our Capitol in Washington, D.C. You know who is probably feeding maybe the president and certainly Mayorkas and all these guys, this kind of information, probably Putin, China, and Iran. If those three countries can convince or see us convince ourselves that we ourselves are our greatest enemy, they're going to chuckle and drink whatever kind of alcohol they drink in their countries. Maybe they don't in Iran. I don't know. But they're going to party and they're going to say, wow, we're making progress. I'll tell you, there, there is a disconnect with reality with this administration that I haven't seen in my lifetime. And I've seen a little bit in my lifetime in that I'm over 40. So have some of you. It's just astounding to me how they can just without blinking, I mean, almost like they believe this stuff. They can announce as this story is announcing today. I mean, millions of people will read that and they'll believe it. It's not the Islamic State. It's not the jihadi groups. It's not al-Qaeda. They're saying that. They're not inferring that. They're saying it. It's not any of these people. Now, don't worry about these people. Don't worry about communist China. Don't worry about Russia. Don't worry about Iran. Oh, they, they may or may not get a 
nuclear bomb. I mean, hopefully Israel won't let them. But it's those right-wing people in America that is the greatest threat to our nation. I'll tell you, where do they get all this stuff? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about where they get this stuff this morning. The story I just read was the ink is still <laughs> wet, as they say. It was just published about an hour ago, a couple of hours ago. There's other stories like that, but I thought that would made my point. I want to talk to you about where they're getting this kind of thinking, where it's coming from. There's a specific source of all of this, a root cause, as Vice President Kamala Harris likes to say when she's trying to root out the root causes of illegal immigrants coming over our southern border. And that's another story. We'll be talking about that soon. There's a lot to talk about there. But there is a source for this kind of thinking. And I'll get to it in a moment. Got to note, there's a couple that has supported A number of people have from the very be almost beginning of this program. There's a couple. won't mention where they live, but they know if they're listening. And I'm sure they are. I've never met them personally, as far as I know, but I sure know them. They've supported us since almost since we came on the air, and, and strongly so. Every month when they send a check to our office, they send a little verse, and I'll just share this verse with you because I think it certainly speaks to me, but hopefully it speaks to all of us, and I think it will. With their check, they included this. Galatians 6, 9. You may have actually... You may know this from memory. In the King James, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep doing the good works of God. No, that is not our salvation. We are not saved through good works. We're saved by the grace of God. We're saved by the by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God who died on a cross, was, was raised from the dead. But he paid the price for our sins. And by accepting him as our personal savior, we are saved. But as people who are saved or born again or who have come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, however you want to, however you want to, to define that and explain it, people who have come into that relationship are called in this verse and throughout the Bible called to do good works, the works of the Lord. And the works of the Lord are outlined in God's word. Don't be weary in well-doing. And don't get weary in what's going on in our culture. It's really ugly. But God is doing, God is always at work behind the scenes. And God doesn't need us, but he's chosen to use us. And we are an integral part of what God is doing, his people. And he leads us along. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And I know we can... We can get weary uh, sometimes. Just, I mean, you see all this craziness in our culture today. It's just absurd. I mean, I don't know if, about you. I, I, I think you probably are like me. I, sometimes I just sat back and I thought, I, I think to myself, how can these people say this? Do they really believe this? And yet, in the darkness of, of, of spiritual darkness and spiritual blindness, yeah, they can believe that. People come to believe the lie. Whether it's about creation, whether it's about human sexuality, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's about truth. 
they do believe the lies. So we have to continue to do good works. And in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. That's a word from the Lord today. Michael Ferris is the president and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom. I want to talk to you a little bit about what he said earlier this uh, this week. Actually, it was Friday. And how it relates to public education. But I uh, want to thank you for your support. I hear from teachers and I want you to know before I get into this that there are teachers that support us. In fact, my daughter-in-law is a teacher in a public school. We, Our oldest granddaughter is an instructor at a major university here in the Northwest. I won't tell you which one, but you would know it. I mean, it's a state university. It's a big one. And they're both sold out to Jesus. And so I hear from the inside, as well as from my own research, a lot about education, as you can imagine. They're sold out to the Lord, I can tell you, and they 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 stand as a light in the darkness for sure. And they know that at any time they could become subject of attacks uh, from the left. They're very fully aware of that. But nonetheless, this is not about the school teachers in the classroom. This is about education. And again, thanks for your support. I forgot to mention our our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington. 98009 box 399 Bellevue Washington 98009 your support allows my voice to do what we do every every weekday morning and um, that is to hopefully expand the kingdom of God and to inform Christians as best we can about what's going on and do so through a biblical lens. Michael Ferris says that he's concerned. He's deeply concerned. They represent, they're probably the largest kind of Christian-based um, law firm. They deal with freedom, freedom of speech and that those kinds of things, cases. But he says that the, the backlash that's coming is going to catch a lot of people by surprise. He said there's a backlash coming against woke public schools, and he said it may be catastrophic. He says the reports coming out of Portland, Oregon, for example, and its suburbs are simply terrifying. I'm quoting him. These are his words. He's well-informed. He's president and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom. But he said it isn't only Portland, Seattle. It's everywhere. A journalist, Christopher Rufo, he's based, he has been living in Seattle. He's from Seattle. I, I think he still lives here in this area, but he's taken a deep look at what's going on in public education in both Portland and Seattle in a number of national stories. He's concerned as well. He too is saying there's a major backlash coming and it's coming soon to public education. Public education is collapsing under the weight of its own irregularities and its own idiocy. That's what these experts are saying. He said in a statement, Michael Ferris, reports coming out of the school system in Portland, Oregon, and its suburbs are simply terrifying. He notes that many parents already know children are being taught the narrative that America is fundamentally evil. The rioters who continue to wreak havoc on the once beautiful, quiet city are held up as heroes. 
Chris Rufo, he's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and a contributing editor of Seattle Magazine. I think he's still from, he's from Seattle. I think he still lives up here in the Northwest somewhere. The schools have self-consciously adopted the pedagogy of oppressed as their theoretical orientation, activated through a curriculum of critical race theory and enforced through the appointment of de facto political officers within the individual schools, he said, is collapsing the institution. He said, and it's working. Rufo notes that the public schools have become a school to radicalism pipeline. They are preparing children not for the workplace, but to become activists, peaceful protesters who are sometimes not so peaceful. If you live in Portland or have family in Portland, I wrote an article on this today, and I would encourage you to go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and that article will come up. It's the first thing you'll see if you go there today. It'll be tomorrow's if it's tomorrow. But I would encourage you to read that, and if you have family or uh, kids, grandkids, whatever, that have any connection to public school, Rufo wrote, it's a, it's a stunning article on Portland because he's covered it extensively. And I would encourage you to read that. It's called, the title of the, his article is The Child Soldiers of Portland. And I'm drawing some of what he said from that, but I'm talking about a, a broader spectrum. Ferris says it's not just in Portland or Seattle where these forces hold sway. He said, in my home county of Loudoun County, Virginia, the radicals have seized control and plunged with abandon in a radical direction, leaving much of our community gasping at the temerity of their tactics and shuddering at the implication for the future of our community and our nation should they succeed. Well, I was talking about Loudoun, Virginia, Loudoun County, um, yesterday. I talked about a Christian public school teacher, Tanner Cross, last week and then mentioned it again yesterday on, the, on, our, on this program. Tanner objected to the school board, as you may remember, at an open meeting, open to the public, the school board, let all the parents, everybody come in and ask their questions. Well, he was one of the people who were there. He asked a question and he made a statement. He said, he told the school board very politely, he's a well-loved teacher. The kids love him, the, the, his peers, the teachers, other teachers in this elementary school love him. And he's a very committed Christian. And he told the school board, he said, I'm a Christian. And he said, in good conscience, I can't teach these kids transgenderism materials because he said, it's a lie. And he said, there's scientific backup to prove this. He said, there's many scientists that say, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing this that are advocating for all of this transgender. And he was very respectful. I looked at the video. But because he objected, he was suspended. That's what I talked about on this program. A circuit judge reversed the suspension the next day. This is just in the last couple of weeks. But now, now the school board has said, we will not accept the reversal by this circuit judge, and they're taking the case to the state Supreme Court. They will not let this pass because of that statement that that teacher made respectfully in an open forum that was open to the public. Because he was a teacher, they said, you don't have a right to free speech or freedom of conscience. That's what they were saying. And that's the message that is starting to permeate our culture. And that is so diabolically opposed 
certainly to a biblical worldview, but to what America was founded on. Tanner is now a client of Alliance Defending Freedom. Ferris says he was surprised. He said when they had their hearing just the other day, their, their first discovery meeting just the other day, Ferris says, I was surprised, he said, when the lawyer for the school district volunteered the fact that Tanner is the eighth school employee in the past two years who has been suspended for out-of-school speech, meaning things they said outside of the classroom. Ferris says he was kind of bragging about it. He said, I was stunned that he would reveal that. In other words, they are hunting for people who have opinions that do not match up, do not square up with the narrative of the institution. That begins to sound like some other countries that we're very much aware of. Apparently, if the schools violate the free speech of teachers often enough, in this lawyer's mind, it's okay. That justifies it becomes true. It's kind of like the lie. If you make it big enough and repeat it often enough, people believe it. It becomes, quote, the truth. That's what he's saying. Parents are beginning to realize that the curriculum in public schools has taken a hard left turn. Radical sexual politics, they're the prime directive of what the school system is teaching your children or grandchildren. Every child will be immersed in this. It's like the kid that comes here from wherever, China, Africa, whatever, and they can't speak a lick of English. So they go into an immersion class and they learn it quickly. And you do. Even I could learn learn a few words from some of the languages in the many countries I was involved in as as doing missionary work. Man, I mean, immersion, you you just have to learn it. Well, that's what this is in in our public school system. These kids are immersed in this. Kids, too often, kids spend more time in the classroom under the direction of this kind of indoctrination than they do with their parents. And that's sad, and it's frightening, and it's critical, and it's at a crisis point, a tipping point, as they say. Every teacher has learned. They know. They get the message. Radical, racial, sexual politics are the prime directive. Every child is immersed in in this doctrine, and every teacher knows that if they don't recite the party line, They will be punished. Oh, it isn't written, but it is known. It's well known. No dissenting allowed in public education today. Ferris says coerced uniformity of opinion is a tactic of of tyrants. In international law, he says the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and, and related treaties all over the world proclaim that parents have the right to insist that their children receive an education that is consistent with the values of the parents. He says parents don't want their children sexualized with a constant discussion of gender fluidity and other concepts that were considered mental illness just a few years ago and whose treatments are still debated by medical experts all around the world. And the parents of female athletes, Paris says, they're outraged that their daughters are losing spots on varsity teams and awards and scholarships to biological males who have subjectively just said, no, I'm a girl now. I identify as female. I know you wouldn't believe this. I mean, you do because we all see it. But you could hardly believe this if you didn't know it to be true. 
It's just amazing. The parents of female athletes are outraged, and they're becoming very outraged that their daughters are losing spots on these teams and awards and, and you know, uh, scholarships. But this national crisis that we're seeing in America and this, this division that Biden keeps talking about and all of, you know, Harris and all these guys, it's, it's really rooted in the worldview, the, the way these kids view the world. It's really rooted in that. Harris is running around up and down Central America and the isthmus there and so on. Guatemala, she's trying to get root out the, the root causes of illegal immigration. That's stupid. It's just stupid. I've been in Guatemala. I've been all over the place in Guatemala. I know those people. I know what they're thinking. In fact, I'm in touch with people in some of these countries still to this day. They're thinking she's a nutcase. They just want to come to America because there are many opportunities here and they're going to get a bunch of free stuff when they cross the border. And she's trying to get to the root cause. What she's trying to do is evade any measurable responsibility because she knows that her worldview and Joe Biden's worldview will not solve those kind of problems because their worldview is flawed to the core. That's what's going on. And all of this All of this, you talk about root causes, is rooted in the education that our kids are getting. They're not only becoming sexualized, but they're becoming kids who do not like and in many cases hate their own country. And that's what's wrong in our our culture today. And you can put it on public education. It is an institution that is not unlike some of the institutions in some of the worst hell holes on the planet. North Korea and other places. I mean, I'm not saying it's similar, but I'm saying some of the effect is the same. In fact, there's a, a woman from North Korea who got escaped to South Korea and then came legally to the United States. She said, she was telling Fox News just this week, Monday, yesterday, she said, as an American education institutions continue to be called into question, she said, uh, she's one of several hundred North Korean defectors who have settled in the U.S. She said, I expected when I went to Columbia University and all this time and energy and money, she said, I expected that it, they would be, you know, at least favorable toward America. And she said, boy, was I wrong. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea that I started worrying. During the orientation, she said, I was scolded because a university staff member admitted she enjoyed classic literature such as Jane Austen, or this this student did, this woman, and she said she she was scolded for that. She said, I love those books. I thought that was a good thing. And they said, no. Did you know that the writers of the colonial mindset, they were racist and bigots and are subconsciously brainwashing you? Welcome to Columbia University public education. I mean, that's where we are today with public education. Let me leave you with this. There's a lot more that I have to say, and a lot of it's contained in the article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. But I will tell you, there is a coming backlash. And I think we should keep in mind that the Lord tells us that parents are responsible for the education of their children. I think it's time for parents to take a look at homeschooling. I don't think our public education system can be saved. I think it's too far gone, personally. 
I believe in education, but this isn't education. It's indoctrination. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your strength, and then teach those principles diligently to your children. I'll see you tomorrow.